0: Financial advisor Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, March eighteenth, oh, March, huh? August eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Justin Klein is still on vacation. He'll be on vacation the rest of this week, and he'll be back next week. So I'm filling in for him. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to answering your questions. Any investment questions, any financial questions you have, we'll talk about them. Okay, but they have to be in the financial area. No, nothing else other than that. And the phone number is always open. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So even if we're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, but even if we're not, you still can call and leave your message, leave your questions. We'll get to them on the next program. So I really would appreciate if you did that. And we've got a pretty packed podcast today. So, you know, but I still want your calls. My focus point concerns the story earnings from America's largest retailers give insight to consumer sentiment. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh I think it's uh, pretty important to know what how well or how poorly the retailers are. They've had a huge inventory that they're working off and uh why why do they need to work that off? What happened? So we'll talk about it. Time permitting, I have several other topics I'd like to talk about. Uh, The Fed minutes from last meeting, I thought they were interesting. I'd like to share some of the points that they made. And there was some economic news out today I want to discuss. Leading economic indicators was one of them. Leading economic indicators, which is made up of 10 leading economic indicators. And they've combined it into just one number. And we'll talk about that. Uh, And Did you see the existing home sales? So we'll talk about those things. Is this a new bull or a bear? Or are we still in a bear market? This could, could, is this a bear market rally? In other words, is it a bear trap? And I have some information that I want to share with you. I read the numerous articles today and tried to put things together, and I'm going to share that with you if we have time. So, what did the market do today? The market was up did Not not up very much, but it eked out a gain. The Dow was up 19 points. The Nasdaq up 27 points. And the S&P 500 rose 10 points. So not not a lot, but it was positive. The is trying awful hard to maintain this rally from the June lows. There it is, uh, August uh, 18th. So trying to rally through the summer. Anyways, those are the things we're going to talk about, but of course, I also have some calls, the listener line calls in the voice bank, uh, we're talking about, hopefully we'll get to Riven, we'll get to uh, Cigna, and Real Real Inc., there's three of them there. So we've got lots, to plan, lots of plan, lots of stuff to talk about. You can call right now, live, 888-99-CHART. So let's go to our first caller. Hi, Justin or Stevie, First, I wanted to really thank you guys for the YouTube
2: videos every Saturday. They're really great, and I look forward to them every week. I want to get your opinion on ticker symbol H-A-S-I, Hannon Armstrong. I was wondering if you think they would benefit from the Inflation Act. I've owned this company for about two years now. It hasn't really gone anywhere, but they do uh, finance renewable infrastructure. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you very much. Thanks.
1: Okay, this is a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, and we all know what they do. That means 90% of their income has to be paid out in the form of a dividend, and then they don't have to pay corporate income tax. It's a REIT providing debt and equity financing for sustainable infrastructure projects through the United States. So uh, that act, I mean, we're talking about, what, $800 billion and $400 billion of it is, for, is directed at renewable uh, renewable, clean energy, clean this and that project. So this company should benefit from that. Should benefit from that. So it pays a three and a half percent dividend. It's going to make two dollars and eight cents this year. Two dollars and twenty one cents next year. Its earnings has been very steady. It's it's not inexpensive. It's a forty two dollar and fifty four cent stock. So that means we're looking at, like, um, um, an 18, 19 PE, and the five-year range is 10 to 47. Turn equity is pretty good, 12%. Management owns 3%. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Now, let's look at a chart, see what that looks like. It's coming off its bottom of $30, uh, peaked right at the 200-day moving average, and it's fallen off a little bit. I think I might be a little bit patient. If it breaks above the 200-day moving average, I buy it. Or if it retraces maybe 50 percent of the move from the low to the recent high, then that might and then starts to turn sideways. I might buy it there too. I might be a little patient. I do like the stock. Okay, so we're heading into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions. No question is too simple or too complex. Well, it might be too complex for me. We'll see. You set the agenda, everybody. Call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
3: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? invest talk is here to help and when you download the free invest talk podcasts don't forget to rate and review the phone lines are open 888
4: 99 chart hi this is lily from big bear i'm just calling about the stock rivian r-i-b-n the electric truck
2: stock what are your thoughts about 37 right now it's about three percent of portfolio just wondering your thoughts and
5: thanks thanks
1: okay rivian uh, rivian automotive manufactured electric vehicles and advanced electric vehicle accessories directly to consumers uh, you know as again that the act that was just passed should benefit all electric vehicles and that whole industry cuz they're spending giving a lot of money away to the electric industry um, they make't they, they don't make any money. They've lose lots of money. They're gonna lose seven dollars and nine cents a share this year and then5.95 dollars 95 a share next year. And they're just starting to sell. I mean sell this, they, uh, a year ago they had one million dollars in sales. then 54 million in the next the quarter the first quarter of that year. Then jumped to eight ninety five, and the most recent quarter, June quarter, three hundred sixty four million dollars in sales. So sales is going in the right direction, and it has lots of promise. Now it's a thirty five nine ninety cent stock, down from by the way one hundred sixty dollars a share, and it was just this is a it was out less less than a year, it came out in December. Remember, I told you don't buy any IPOs till after six months. From its IPO date, very minimum, very minimum. Doesn't make any money. This is a very high speculative stock. Doesn't mean you can't own it. it it's either going to do very poorly or make you a lot of money. It's not going to be in the middle, I'm sure. So if if it's, this is one of a group of, uh, one of many stocks that are much more solid than this, then it's okay to have. But it doesn't make money, and I don't like to own stocks that don't make money. So it's not for me. But I do think it has potential. Okay, my focus point today. Earnings from America's largest retailers give insights into the consumer sentiment. Now, we're talking about Walmart's earnings. Walmart's earnings were pretty darn good. Uh, They were up uh, like uh, 8 year over year, 8%. And that 8.4% and that in the second quarter is pretty strong. Now, before that, what happened is people were spending money on travel, not goods. They were spending money on services, not goods. So what happened is Walmart and all their ilk were stocking up at coming out of COVID, think they're going to have some, uh, you know, a buildup of buying because you know. Remember, they also they had trouble with the supply chain, so they're trying to build their inventory, and they got a little carried away, and they have too much inventories. So now they're working off the inventory, and it seems like the consumer is stepping up to buy their inventory. So it seems like consumer sentiment is pretty strong, which, remember, the consumer drives our economy. 66% of our economy is based on what the consumer does. And there's lots of jobs right now. So right now, it appears... We're not necessarily going into recession, but we are technically in a recession, two quarters in a row down. But we have high employment, you know, but on the other hand, unemployment claims has been going up this week, They uh, every week, but this week it was flat, kind of flat. It's a very confusing time, very confusing time for everybody. So I think the consumer is pretty healthy. If they stay healthy, we won't go into any deeper recession. We'll probably work our way out. Now, if the Fed keeps raising rates, and they are, how far are they going to go? Will they go too far and push us in a recession? And that's a possibility. As a matter of fact, I think that's more than 50% shot that they will. Okay? Okay, let's pivot to an investor Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART.
4: Hey, how you doing? Steve and Justin, this is Will from New Orleans. I'm giving you a call on, it's not really a stock question, it's more like a economic question. I see China is going through it with these, um, I think it's Evergrande. Evergrande is uh, having like, a, I think they're missing a payment or something. I'm not too, you know, familiar of the exact wording, but I did read that they have ghost cities in China. And it just seemed like China is just doing a lot of falsified things, like they're just Hiding the real truth and just putting out information. So, my question is: I see Bridgewater, the world's largest hedge fund, sold one billion dollars worth of Chinese stock. So, I'm thinking, what do you think about the Chinese economy and what domino effect will that bring to our economy if if Evergrande, you know, collapse? Um,
1: just give me your uh, thoughts on that. Thank you. Actually, it's a very good question. Evergrande is a builder, one of the biggest, largest in build, builder in there. And they, they were building apartments, uh, apartment buildings, sales, selling to the public. And they were selling them before they even built them. And how they got the money, okay, they got the money through bonds, bond sales and, you know, municipal bond sales and stuff. And so it's kind of a domino effect. They're not, they can't produce any more money. They, they ran out of money and they didn't finish the buildings, Some of them, they didn't even start. And the people have already bought the buildings have mortgages that they're not paying. It's kind of collapsing. I think their economy is really in trouble. Uh, I saw a report that the economy is going to grow 4% this year. Um, But you know what? You're right. We don't really know. They can hide a lot. They can't hide everything, but they can hide a lot. One thing it should tell us is that the demand on commodity prices as pro- commodities are probably going to go down. Because you you can't imagine how much pressure China puts on commodity prices and commodity supplies. So that's probably going to ease off a bit. They're still growing, but it's going to ease off and I think that will help us get our get control of of, of the inflation here in the United States. And in other places of the world. But one of the issues of inflation here in the U.S. that I don't see uh, us controlling is wage inflation. I don't don't see that, you know, with the jobs we have and the jobs available and and workers, you know, not going back to work because they don't feel like it and quitting their jobs, a high quit rate and demanding better benefits. And it it just seems like wage inflation is going to continue. But that's a very good question. I think I think China's economy is in a lot worse shape than that we know. And we probably will never know. They've been hiding it for years. It is Invest Talk Thursday, everybody. I'm ready to take your questions now. Eight eighty eight ninety nine charge.
3: Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hi, uh, this is Rick from Hawaii. What are your
2: thoughts on writing put options?
3: My wife has a rollover 401k from a
0: previous employer. What's your question?
1: And I'm just wondering how you're able to predict these market reversals. Right now, they've been under pressure. I think that that buying opportunity is being set up. IPOs are there for the vast majority of them to extract capital,
5: extract money from the novice individual investor. Here's
1: Ken in Texas. Hey, Dave. I got a lazy boy recliner that huh. I
5: love and my wife
3: loves and my son makes fun of me for buying because I'm 70 years old. <laughs> but do you own it or looking to buy it? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. eight 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 ninety nine 99 Chart. Have you heard about Risk It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
2: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin from La Crescenta, California. I'm calling uh, regarding the stock Real, R-E-A-L, the Real Real. Uh, A while back, maybe a year or two ago, you, you guys liked it when it was above seven and a half. dropped down to to about three now and uh, I mean slight trend up lately but uh, trying to find out what are your thoughts about it now trying to see if I should continue holding it is it gonna come back or if it's time to to just take the losses and, and move on to something else I appreciate your time and look forward to hearing your answer on the show thank you
1: well, it's very difficult for me to believe that we liked it a year or so ago because of the fact that they've never made money. Now we might like the concept, and this is the real, real Inc. operates an online marketplace for consigned luxury goods. Okay, sales is going quite well. Forty percent, forty-seven percent increase in the most recent quarter. Forty-eight percent before that. Flat that quarter before that. Fifty-three percent the quarter before that. But they're not making any money. They don't. They're, won't, they're going to lose a dollar sixty-nine a share this year. A dollar twenty a share next year. It's a three dollar and five cent stock. A two hundred eighty-seven million dollar company meaning it's very very small. And even a year ago, with the it was still been under a billion dollar company. So it's a small company. And owners, uh, management owns five percent. But I don't like the fact that mutual funds are selling it. There were two hundred ninety-four mutual funds a year ago. Today there's only two hundred sixty-six. Participate, and they own sixty-one percent of the company. So, and they have huge debt. I'm so I'm not. I'm I'm I. I don't like it. Okay, I'm just telling you, I don't like it because it doesn't make money. You ever call me up? I mean, Justin might have a different opinion on it, but I doubt it. If I if a company doesn't make money, generally, I want to stay away from it. I don't like companies that don't make money. Focus on companies that make money. What's so hard about that? Why not? Why not? Why why? Don't try to pick the next, you know, thousand percent return company unless you're going to do it with a very tiny part of your money that you know you're okay losing all of it. And that's what this stock is: This is a very speculative company. R E A L It's the symbol. Everybody, okay? Um, Fed minutes from the last meeting were kind of interesting. Uh, they stated flat out they will be raising rates again you know there there's no question in their mind they're going to raise rates again even though they they uh, acknowledge that there was a solid decline in commodity prices and including energy and that would ease inflation pressures but they still don't care okay this is out of their minutes okay they say it's not enough to to a uh, pressure stressing uh, stressing they want more pressure downward on inflation before they're going to stop, so I thought that was interesting. So that kind of tells me they're going to raise rates. Of course, our next meeting, by the way, is September 21st. I thought it was earlier in the month, but it's not. September 21st, and there's a 61% chance of a 0.50 a half percent hike. That's what it is, right as it stands today. That that those odds change all the time. The odds change over time, but I think it's going to be a 50% a half a percent point, you know, point five oh raise. But I have a feeling they're they're gonna keep doing it. I, I think they're on a war path here and I you know they might go too far. We'll see what they say in their next minutes. But these these minutes tell as clearly pointing that they're gonna keep after it. They're gonna keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And I see inflation already backing off a little bit, but they don't care. Okay, let's put another uh, caller financial question in eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hello, Invest
4: Talk. I'd like to get your guys' expert opinion on Target ticker symbol TGT. Would like to put it in my Roth IRA and um, kind of get a position. Just wanted to see what you guys think is the around, I guess the price to pick it up at. This will be a long term hold. Thank you guys so much.
1: I like the I like Target a lot. TGT is the symbol. They recently gapped down to 137 as a low, and today they're 173. They gapped down from 220. Okay, so now it's 173. I I think this is a good buy point. They might give back some of these recent gains, but they're going to make $12.06 a share next year. Okay, it's a $173 stock. So that means the PE is probably, what, 18 or so? Let's see. 120, maybe 19. Okay, uh, cash flow is $19.79 a share. They pay a 2.5% dividend. They're growing 3 4% sales, and it's an $80 billion company. So it's one of those companies, as you point out, return equity is 49%, by the way, which is very, very good. It's one of those companies, that, and they don't have a lot of debt, that you buy and put in your portfolio and ignore it. You try to buy it when it's on sale. That's that's what you do. If we don't go into a deep recession, this, this stock has probably hit bottom. About 140. Might retest that bottom, but who knows? I like it. I like it a lot. Okay? On the next invest talk, the story behind the headline. Home sales fell nearly 6% in July as the housing market slides into a recession. Okay, that we know that's happening. We've been reporting on it. Sales dropped about 20% for the same month a year ago. And one expert believes that the terms of the economic impact are going to be, and housing is going to be a recession. 888 99 Money.
5: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive a r o n e . c o m hacker1.com
3: This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Stephen Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk anytime listener lines are open now and Stephen and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-chart
2: Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Tyler from Los Angeles. I have a question for you about indexed variable annuities. You kind of talked about this on a previous podcast, but essentially I'm wondering your thoughts on these indexed variable annuities that have buffer protection. I was, you know, one was kind of came up in a discussion with me and another financial advisor, and they seem like a great deal. Let's say you take an, an IRA and you put it into indexed variable annuity. The downsides to this are the illiquidity because there's surrender charges for six years. But if you don't need this money, say, you know, you're my age, late 20s, early 30s, you know, you don't need this money till retirement anyways. The illiquidity isn't really an issue because you don't plan on touching it anyways. Assuming it's not a Roth IRA. And they just, they seem like a great deal. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it again. You have these buffers. Downsides or illiquidity. You can you, know, you put it in an S and P 500 index fund, let's say, where you're you're tracking the S and P, and maybe the S and P is you know still not weighted exactly how you would put together an ideal portfolio. But given the fact that you have this buffer, and the fact that also you know the the majority of money managers don't outperform the S and P index to begin with, it seems like a pretty good deal. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. Okay, thanks.
1: Okay, indexes is a good deal. I like indexing. You don't need to hire people like me if you don't want to. Um, but annuities are expensive. Um, you were talking about the buffer. Uh, maybe I need to explain that quickly to everybody, what a buffer, what he's talking about. Uh, some of these annuities now, and, and they're indexing annuities. It's, it's an index annuity, so all it does is buy the index, okay? Uh, they buy a mutual fund. An index mutual fund, so you got to pay a fee to the annuity and pay a fee to the mutual fund, uh, and of course you can't get out, or you can, but it will cost you a lot of money because they're selling this. Someone's getting commissions, usually five percent of whatever you put in goes to the salesperson. So you got to usually hold on to them for ten years, but if you're a long-term holder, like he suggested, that doesn't really worry about anything like that. So. And there's two kinds of annuities. There's a fixed annuity and a variable annuity. We're talking about a variable annuity investing in an index. The, the guarantee that they're talking about, the buffer he's talking about, means that you're, you would never they guarantee that you will never lose money. The value of annuity will never go below your initial investment. And how can they say that? I mean, what happens if the market crashes? They'll still guarantee it. Now, it's not much risk to them and there's not much, you know, danger for you because there's been no period of 10 years, well, maybe one in the last 100 years where the stock market ended up being down. So, looking forward 10, 20, 30 years, they pretty much know that and everybody knows that the market's going to go up. It has an upward bias of 8 to 10% a year. So then, that, that, that guarantee, I wouldn't pay much attention to it. I don't think it has much worth. And if you want to index, why don't you just buy an index, not through an annuity? They don't have to pay a commission to somebody. Remember, you are paying that commission. Well, that means that you put in one hundred thousand. You are not really putting in one hundred thousand. You are putting in ninety five. But if you bought an index yourself, you are putting up the whole hundred thousand. So I would do that rather than buy an annuity. Just my suggestion. On the next invest talk, the story behind the headline: home sales fell nearly six percent. So that's going to be kind of a, uh, you know, a big issue. I want to talk about that tomorrow because housing is a very important. I was going to talk about it a little bit today, but I'll hold that off until tomorrow. Okay, um, the Le- leading economic indicator report came out today. Leading economic indicator shrank four tenths of 1%. They expected it to shrink five tenths of a percent. And last month, the month before, uh, it shrank seven tenths of a percent. Now, what this does is telling you what the economy is going to look like three, four, five months in the future. And this has been falling now for th- four months in a row. So the LEI is telling us, telling us that uh, we are going to be in a recession. Now, technically, we already are, right? Two quarters in a row, negative growth, boom—we're in a recession. It's a very weird recession because, you know, technically they meet the definition, but you know, there's been no call of recession by the various responsible entities that tell you that tell us the governments and tell in the government that tells the public that we're in a recession so it's unusual jobless claims finally stabilized at 250,000 and that's a weekly report 250,000 unemployment claims for this most recent week the week before it was 252,000 and that was like four or five six weeks in a row of rising Rising number, slowly rising, but rising. Okay, so it looks like it now evened out, two hundred fifty-two thousand to two hundred fifty. So the next couple weeks will be interesting. So, are we in a recession? You're going to get. I'm telling you, we are because I'm going to just go back. I'm. I just go back to what the the term we've used for years and years and years. What a recession is: two quarters in a row shrinkage GDP. Then that's exactly what we had. That's a recession. Now, we don't have the unemployment rate we usually get in a recession. We don't have certain things going up. We have high inflation in this recession. Is that stagflation? No growth in the economy but inflation? That's stagflation. Isn't that by definition stagflation? I don't know. You can argue with me about that. I don't see anybody writing about it very much. I mean, it's mentioned here and there. But isn't that what stagflation is? With high inflation, no economic growth, or very slow economic growth. That's not healthy. And it feels like that's what we're in to me. Let's bring it back to another InvestTalk voice playing question, okay? This one came from uh, earlier from Arizona.
2: Hello. Art from Tucson calling. Today I'm calling about Verizon. VZ. It looks pretty cheap. has a really nice dividend, but was just recently downgraded. And I uh, wondered if
3: you thought it's a, if it's a buying opportunity or a value trap.
2: And I'll listen on the podcast. Thank you.
1: I doubt seriously it's a value trap, by the way. Um, Warren Buffett sold all his Verizon last quarter, all out of Berkshire Hathaway. Sold it all. I frankly think this is a buying opportunity myself here at $44. They're gonna make five dollars and twenty-six cents next year, they're gonna make five nineteen this year. So five twenty-six is a forty-four dollar stock. So the PE is eight. Five year range is eight to fourteen. They pay a five point eight percent dividend. Return on equity is thirty percent. Cash flow is nine dollars and twenty seven cents. Mutual funds are buying over the last year. So I think it's a buy. At this price. Um, only time will tell us. But, I mean, it's, it's a value. There's lots of value in it. They, you know, the, you, if you, everybody knows who Verizon is, what they do. So, how can it... I, to me, I, I think it's a good bargain at this price. Now, you buy this for the dividend. You don't buy it for the growth. It might go back up to $60 eventually, $60 a share, and that is but I doubt seriously it go much higher than that if it, if it does so it's not going to give you a huge return don't you don't buy it for that you buy it for that 5.8% dividend and that's not in danger so what do you care if the price goes up or down up or down as long as you get your 5.8% and they have plenty of cash flow to pay it. so I kind of like it okay we're rolling through the hottest summer days, and this is the time of the year when market volatility is generally higher. Volatility means you, you need to pay attention, everybody. You need, have, you need to have you need to have current strategies. No matter how hot it might be outside, you need to stay cool. So it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the things, some of the benefits uh, KPP Financial can provide. Steve Peasley, that's me, and Justin Klein, uh, are the principles and what we can do for you? We're in Orange County, California. That's between LA and San Diego counties. And you know, at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And so, how do we? How do that? How does that get implemented? Well, one of the ways is we first, it's always provide unbiased guidance. We don't pay anybody for guidance. You'd really be surprised that that happens all the time. We don't. And, you know, we've mentioned many times parallel investing. We buy the same things for ourselves as our clients, the same time, same price. We have a number of programs uh, from very risky to not too risky to very not risky, actually. And it depends on what you want to do with your money. You can, you can participate in one program, one of the programs, or several if you want. It's up to you. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free offer to take a look at your portfolio and tell you what we think about it. You know, We'll talk about the risk, the risk that you're taking in that portfolio. And then we try to find out what your risk is, your personal risk, and see if they match up. We can do that via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. You can send us a message to invest.com, an email that comes directly to our desks. Or you can call KPP Financial or Irvine, California, any one of those ways. After speaking with us a few minutes, I think you'll see the difference. I really do. We do want to help you, and we will. If you let us, we will. Okay? 888-99-CHARTERS are our number. Let's go to Bob in Ohio.
4: Yeah. Hi, Steve. Um, I've
0: been doing some research on um, just some Chinese stocks. The Uh new own Alibaba. Um, I picked it up around $90, and I do like the company as a whole. Um, but I was doing some research into Alibaba today, and I saw that they were having some issues with their housing market. Yes. And that kind of went down a rabbit hole, and it looks a little bit uh, darker than I guess I want it to look like. Um, mm-hmm. Is that worrisome to you? Am I just getting freaked out by the news?
1: Um, no, it's worrisome. Are I talked about it earlier, earlier in the show about the housing uh, problem they have, and that, that's a big problem, and they've had it for a while. They've been hiding it for a while, and they, uh, it's coming, you know, some of their bigger builders can't finish projects, and they've already sold the units, and they borrowed money to build the projects. And, you know, it's a matter, will the Chinese federal government come in to save them? They always have in the past. But it's, this problem is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they don't let anything collapse, you know, anything go under but this time, they seem to be hesitating about stepping in. So I, I think you're going to find out that the Chinese economy is is going to start. Uh, we know this growth is only going to schedule to grow 4% this year. So it's ratcheting down the growth. But frankly, I think they might even be in recession. They just can hide it and not tell us about it. Okay. Now, will it affect Alibaba? Isn't Alibaba one of the stocks that's going to be delisted, or did I, did I did I not read that? Maybe nope. that got changed.
0: They remember? are going to get delisted. That is correct.
1: So then yeah, you're are. going to have you're going to have a harder time selling it. Not that you can't. It's just going to be difficult for you. Um, so it. I, 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 Alibaba provides global online and mobile retail marketing uh, via Taobao and Tmall, and so they're, they're, it's a great company as far as what their business model is. I like it, but I, I think I'd stay away from it because of the, it's Chinese and the problems with our. You know, I don't think our us and China are going to butt heads, and it's going to continue to be a problem. So I I'd probably avoid it myself. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for the call, Bob. I appreciate it. Next up, let's play another caller question from our toll-free anytime listener line. It's the Voice Bank number 888 99 So just hang on.
3: Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice.
2: When do I know the right time to take profits?
3: And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction.
0: I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned
3: a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART.
0: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Rick from Colorado. I was wondering how you set your target price to sell. Let's say you buy something at the bottom of a five-year PE range. Do you extrapolate that out to the top of its five-year PE range to sell, or do you pick something in the middle? Looking forward to hearing the answer on the show. Thanks.
1: If we use that as a trigger, that just a simple PE, we would we would use a trigger. Of maybe we would probably use the Fibonacci numbers. Maybe. Sixty percent rise from the top to the bottom of a range that that the stock sells in, um, but yeah, it wouldn't be a fifty percent rise. It'd be, we'd have to see a bit more than that uh, uh, of the range, you know, the PE range. But we don't generally use a PE as a reason to get out. That's because mm, that, the PE could it changes all the time. The E changes. Okay, uh, the price changes. Everything changes. And what if we see an uh, opportunity here that you know they they have some you know? For instance, let's talk about the most recent uh, what was that the the act that the Congress has passed. They say it's infl- Inflation Reduction Act, which is not. You can't spend eight hundred billion dollars and say that it's going to reduce inflation, no matter how you say. It. But let's talk about that. They're they're spending a huge amount of money in the energy, the clean energy sector. So, uh, you know, I may not, if the PEs go up, I may let it run if I'm in one of those types of stocks that's going to benefit from all the money the government is spending on that over the next 10 years. So, you know, you may not, um, that's why we don't just use the PE as a range, as a trigger. The PE range as a trigger. I, I wouldn't suggest that. I would not. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody, and that's always to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want that. And our work will continue right after this break, so get your questions in. 888 99 Chart. Invest
3: Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I
0: wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99Chart.
3: Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call
2: 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Eddie from Montana. First of all, thank you for all you guys do. Really appreciate the uh, the work that you put in. My question would be in my... Uh, 401k, since I have limited investment options. Looking at the slight terminal market in right now, between small, mid and large cap funds, how would you allocate your fixed percentage of money? You know, my risk being slightly higher since I'm younger, I don't mind some some higher risk. Uh, Appreciate all the help guys.
1: Thank you. Well, the highest risk, of course, is the small, then medium and large. But in this market conditions we're in, I think the, the, the better move will come and more safe move will become from the large cap. So I probably, you know, if you're young and you want risk, maybe 50% in the large cap and split it between 25 and 25 small mid you just you don't have very good choices in your four hundred one k most of the time. It's just you just can't. I'd rather see you have a value position as opposed to growth position. So, but you probably don't have those choices. You you know you're limited. But yeah, you know, the reason why I say value versus growth when we when the environment changed from lower low or lowering interest rates to now raising interest rates, growth stocks don't fare as well in a rising interest rate environment so not that they won't work it's just they don't they work less well and sometimes poorly because of the cost of money that they remember these high growth stocks usually don't make money they burn money they got to borrow it they got to produce it they got to get it from somewhere so it's makes it tougher for them okay Okay, is are we in a new bear? Uh, are we in a new bull market, or are we in a bear market still, or is this a bear trap? It's you know very good question. We're up twenty five percent from the June lows, twenty five percent up from the low. Now we're still way down from a year, you know, the beginning of the year, but we're you know we've had a pretty strong move. A lot of pundits, pundits, many of them feel it's too far too fast, that 25% jump since the low the end of June. Too far, too fast. So they think that there's going to be a, a a pullback, a retracement of some kind. They expect, they say that everybody should expect a retest of the lows. But Uh, one of the things that's encouraging about this move up from the low we've already had, it was kind of broad-based. It wasn't just one sector or two sectors. It's broadly based. A lot of things were moving up. So that kind of tells me that maybe we won't have a retest of the lows. I can see the market giving back some of the gains. But, you know, the other issues are the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do. Uh, My gut feeling, I think we've seen the lows in this cycle. That doesn't mean it's going to continue to go up. I just think we've seen the lows. Now, just this week, the S&P 500, the index, rose up and touched the 200-day moving average. That's a very significant long-term resistance point for the S&P 500 index. If it can't break above that, then we're heading back down, and I'm I'm concerned that we might not. It's got to break above it with some gusto, and then it'll have a new leg of, of a run up. Probably, we'll see if it can do it. So I'm my you know no one knows where it's going to go. Don't ever believe anybody what they're saying. They're that's they're just giving their best guess. Now it might be a guess with education and. Uh, historical experience and all those things, that's true. So it makes them a better guess than just anybody on the street, but it's still a guess. My guess is I think we've seen the lows in this cycle. Something really has to happen for uh, this recession that we're in. It's got to get much deeper. Then, boom, you'll see us retesting maybe go below those lows. Something's going to happen bad for us to do that. And I just don't see it. I don't see it yet. I'm Steve Peasley, and this concludes another Investor program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. We really appreciate that. So get your downloads free. You can do it anytime you want at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And if you get it from iTunes, please be sure and review and rate us. We would love that. You know, a good rating always helps our profile, and bad rating doesn't. But you know, it's up to you. Independent thing to test, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a great night.
0: Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them.